0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Beyond the Bleachers, episode 10. Jocelyn, it has been a journey to get on this live stream today. (laughs) Yes. Just like last,
1: I don't know what's going on, but. This is episode 10, baby.
0: <laughs> episode 10. We are 10 weeks into this, and we are right about halfway into the WBA season. And the highlights keep coming. The hot topics are never ending. And we have a lot more stars to highlight and shout out on our episodes. And so we're ready. We're ready to keep the conversation going.
1: Let's keep it going. Let's do it. Let's hop in. So,
0: I know that you and I kind of had like a similar, if not the same, highlight of the week. Um, Vegas had an interesting game against Dallas back on Wednesday, July 5th. And it was a close one. They actually got through by the skin of their teeth. (laughs) And (laughs) they looked real rough out there without Kelsey Plum. (laughs) They did. And so, while there were some lows, there were also some highs, including some uh, space buns on Alicia Clark's head that had to go.
1: (laughs) Girl, (laughs) sat. Because I was
0: like... But see, didn't I tell you last week, like, Black... Women and hair is very important in the WNBA. We see, like, Asia Wilson and Chelsea Gray have got their box braids going because they're like, we're tired of the field press. We don't have time to be worried about our edges. We're just going to throw some braids in and keep the games coming. So Alicia Clark had those, uh, the double buns or the space buns. Yeah, those two space buns, yep. And, and, and she's known for, you know, being real cute and simple. Like she always has these cute little, like, crop top outfits, and I always love the way that she dresses because it's super simple but cute, you know. Oh, yeah. And she decided to do a little something different. She usually has like the one top knot with the headband, Just the one
1: simple top
0: bun, real simple. And so she decided to change it up a little bit and go with the, the double buns. But I don't know if uh, that was really working for the team (laughs) because they were down by as much as 14 in the first half. Mm-hmm. and it, th- there was a time where I really was like, okay, brace yourself, because Vegas is about to lose, and I'd rather us lose now than, you know, come playoff time, right. but I was just like, okay, this is like the worst we've looked. I, I, I know Kelsey Plum, you know, has a lot of impact on the team, but I did not think that she had so much impact that they were just going to completely fall apart offensively and defensively. And I don't want to blame Alicia Clark's space buns, but uh, hair her is mom. really important. And the space buns were just not working. As cute as they were, it just wasn't working. They were so cute. <laughs>
1: but listen, if it's not broken, don't fix it. Listen, all I'm saying is fun is where it's at once she took that thing off she was hitting threes from left and right i mean she hit a three with the space buns cute cute but like after that first half she really threw it like threw it down and I think she really helped keep the aces in the game so she every time she hit those three she made three out of five which is excellent and I mean which is superb would have been all five but you know you know it was the mishap in the beginning it was the freaking space buns it threw off everything I've always been a firm believer and just like you said last week like listen you look good you feel good you play good And I think that she was looking good. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, it was like, girl, what you doing? Like, I know there's superstition going on within the league. Like, I know somebody probably has specific shoes they like to wear or they have a specific routine that they have going on before, like, tip off. I think it's hair. I think it's definitely hair. Even if I'm gonna fast forward to the game that's going that happened uh, on uh, Friday evening, uh, it looks like Alicia Clark changed the hairdo again, and the freaking ace is lost.
0: So <laughs> yeah, so in hello the, the, pony, what the heck was that? Like, I know, bro. I know, I know. We we need the top knot, the the bun at the top of the head. Uh, at the Wednesday game, it was a home game and at halftime, you know, Becky Hammond had to, you know, pull them in the locker room and lay it on thick. And when she came out the locker room, she got rid of the double buns and had the classic signature top knot and they ended up winning by seven points. Friday she had the low ponytail and they were winning majority of the the game up until like the last few minutes. And then the the score started getting close and then the score was tied and Dallas ends up winning with 0.4 seconds on the clock. Natasha Howard gets fouled, makes both of her free throws and putting Dallas up by two and Jackie young Got the inbounds from Chelsea Gray with 0.4 seconds, and she took the extra dribble that, that blew <laughs> my mind.
1: Oh,
0: I love me some Jackie.
1: Actually, I'm gonna talk about her later on in the episode. That's how much I love me some Jackie Young. Zero to hero. Okay, like number zero is nothing of what she brings to the freaking Aces, but she should not have brought that dribble that <laughs> last play. Because it literally took time off the clock. And that's why it's so like important for you to know, be aware, and know that you have point four, literally point four seconds. You only have time to catch that ball and shoot it. And I understood why, because she was actually contested the whole time.
0: And oh, she was probably was hovering all, over all her. in her space.
1: Like I mean. <laughs> Was like on her like white on rice on a paper plate in the snowstorm. You hear me? <laughs> paper plate, you know, but, but anyway, like honestly, I couldn't believe that she did that because I hate to say it, it cost them the game. Because to make matters worse, Sam, she hit the mother freaking shot. She,
0: she hit the hit shot. The shot that would and have tied the game, me. but the buzzer Becky already it, and She
1: dribbled. She knew. She was like, it's done. It's dumb because they even went back to replay. Like, you know, they went back because, again, it would have been another, like, replay and, like, review of the – no, she freaking dribbled. We all knew she didn't release the ball in time. If she had to just – I think it was, like, was it just one dribble or was it two? I felt like it was two. Even if it was just one dribble, like, you know – I feel like it was so... one dribble
0: and a maneuver around yeah. probably. To get but underneath,
1: underneath her. And to she get
0: really – Yeah. She wasn't in a position it? where she could catch and shoot, and she Perfect. had to dribble because of the defense. And I mean, Sabally knew what she was doing, and she, like he said, she put that pressure on her like white on rice, and literally by Dallas won by the skin of their teeth. By
1: the skin of their teeth, and but it should not have come down to that. But we already know that it should not have come down to that. And I think that. They were coming out for blood. They smelled that they had that little taste of what it could possibly feel like to be victorious. And Enrique, I know you're going to talk about last that last game, you know, Enrique <laughs> was not happy. Enrique was not happy. So I think she came out prepared. She came out focused this game. She was looking, she was ready for blood. Natasha Howard was out here balling. Crystal Dangerfield was balling. She was balling actually on Wednesday night. So, you know, they were all locked in. They knew exactly what they needed to do. They just needed to close out the game. And they brought the pressure. That zone was hardcore. The Aces could not figure that out. And um, they were flustered. I mean, they had Chelsea Gray taking threes at the top of the key for no reason like once the time like once the shot clock was winding down and it almost even looked like she didn't even set up a play they just looked so flustered and Becky was just trying to reel it in reel them in and I'm sure she wrote she drew she drew up some really great plays but it just seemed like it was hard for them to execute it was just neck and neck the whole entire game so I mean what is what are they now you said what 15 and two now
0: was crazy. We're gonna go with that for the moment. Fifteen to until I look until at the actual standings. Uh yeah. 16, sixteen and two, actually, as I'm looking 16. at it. This yeah. is their second loss. And uh we're we're not gonna get too bent out of shape about it. You know, we're you know, aces are still in first place. They are two games ahead of uh New York. Okay. And so we're hoping that the Aces will be able to bounce back, which I'm sure they will because that's just what they do.
1: That's and,
0: what you know, we're not too worried about it because uh, they're the Aces and we'd rather a loss now than a loss in the playoffs.
1: Facts. <laughs> we can – we can not a lot more. I'm not, I'm not about to say let's rack up the losses, but let's get them out the freaking way before it's time. It's go time when it really matters.
0: Yeah, and I mean, the the Aces are tired. They are very used to winning, but sometimes winning is exhausting, and you can't blow every team out by 20, 30 points. Some of these games are going to be close, and Becky Hammond is going to have to figure out how to use her bench and rest her starters when she can. Um, It's unfortunate that we still don't have Raquana Williams back. Hopefully she comes back soon. Um, but until then, she's going to have to keep, you know, gradually rotating in her bench. She does a great job of using Kia Stokes and Alicia Clark. She has integrated more of Kirsten Bell, who's now in her second year. Mm-hmm. And so I hope that she will continue to, you know, use them more, use them often, give her starters a break um, because, games like this just show that the aces are vulnerable. They are human. They do have kryptonite and other teams they are going to be watching this game. Yeah. Other teams are going to be watching this game and saying, what did Dallas do? Cause I need to do that too. Um, yep. To Dallas's defense, they have really stepped up their game with um, the, I guess, addition again of Tia McCowan. She was out, you know, in Europe, for a little bit, she was here for the first two games and then she left and then she came back a few games ago. And so she is, you know, getting reacclimated into the wings, but she's not rusty because she just came back from Europe, just came back from playing. And so she seamlessly integrated back into the wings and Dallas has figured out how to maximize her talent. Whereas Indiana, where she was uh, prior to coming to Dallas, couldn't really figure out how to best utilize her. Um, And so now they are working with a a lot of bigs, you know, Indiana not knowing how to use players is unfortunately a recurring thing that we're going to get get into a little bit uh, later in this episode. Um, (laughs) But they could not figure out how to use her. And so now she's with Dallas and she has fit in so seamlessly along with um, Kalani Brown, who was in addition this year, started out as a hardship contract and has just seamlessly flowed into their system. And so now they have a lot of big players to balance out the uh, shooting prowess that is Arike. Um, <laughs> and so they really know how to dominate the space down there underneath the paint, and they make it very hard for a team like Vegas to um, you know, who it typically has a smaller lineup because they do the three-guard starting five, um, you know, and then they have two bigs that are basically the same height, um, you know, and they're considered shorter bigs, even though they're both, like, 6 6'4". Um, they're considered shorter in the grand scheme of the WNBA. And so it's um, – they have really figured out how to use – You know, they're big to their advantage and really exploit all the weaknesses that Vegas had. And I think that they're going to be Dallas, that is, is going to be a dangerous team moving forward. Um, They're nine and nine now. And uh, so they're they're going to be pretty dangerous come playoff time. They have really grown over the last few seasons. And so I'm excited to see how everything pans out for them. And uh, yeah, they're making moves out there yeah if
1: they keep playing like this they're absolutely going to be a problem and that's that's what you want to see you want to see teams figure it out like at this time um in the season because it's just going to make for so much better basketball and like the game's really just going either way <laughs> but going back to indiana let's please get, let's talk about that
0: <laughs> can we get <laughs> it okay talk, so not, 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 not. So we, when we were talking about, you know, the different things that are going on in the league and what we wanted to talk about um, in this episode, one solid thing kind of came to mind. And it's a, an ongoing discussion that uh, we have had over the last several weeks now that the season is really into high gear. We've gotten a chance to see, you know, the different personalities and team chemistries play out. And that is the element of the ego. And we have seen it rear its ugly head in many different forms. And so we're going to start off by talking about this Indiana fever that, uh, has really been struggling, uh, with their, uh, potential rookie of the year. And, um, To give a little bit of perspective, they are sitting currently, as of taping this episode, at 5-13. and They have lost six in a row, uh, but they are battling some serious egos on their team. And it's very quiet. You might not even notice it. But the one thing that Jocelyn and I have noticed is that within the Indiana Fever... You have players that are willing to adjust their game and adjust their stance for the betterment of the team. And then you have certain players that are only interested in their own game and could care less about the Indiana Fever. And when we're talking about a franchise player like Aliyah Boston, when... You're losing six games in a row, and your star franchise potential rookie of the year. At this point, she's probably a shoe in for rookie of the year, but I'll continue to say potential rookie yeah. of the year is only getting what eight to ten touches a game, if that. If that, that is that, is, that <laughs> is a serious serious problem, and then you have people. Uh, shall we mention their names, Jocelyn?
1: Let's throw them out. Put it uh, on!
0: <laughs> we have players like uh, Melissa Smith, yeah. like Kelsey Mitchell, we go. Oh, like Erica no Wheeler, really?
1: there we
0: go. that are really only concerned with their own personal game and not really concerned about growing the fever. I... We have a problem with that um, because Man. this is your franchise player, and when she's leading the league in field goal percentage at roughly 70%, I need Aaliyah Boston to have all the touches. I need her to touch the ball every possession. Like a no-brainer.
1: It's a freaking no-brainer. So,
0: right. Like- and, and so – I mean, we've had this conversation. You know, we thought that, well, is it the coach that's causing, you know, that's not really drawing up the plays that'll get Aliyah the ball? Or are their players just straight up ignoring what the coach says and doing whatever the heck they want to do? And so, of course, you never want to blame the players because you don't know what goes on in the locker room. But we do know that the coach is supposed to be the one to hold things down. But recently, as of a couple of days ago in a post game interview, Christy Sides, the head coach of the Indiana Fever, exclaimed, and I say exclaimed because if there were captions coming out of her mouth, it would be in all capital letters, oh, yes. that Aaliyah Boston needs the ball. And their number one priority is making sure that Aaliyah Boston has touches. Mm -hmm. So that only leaves us to believe that the players are just doing whatever they want to do. And at this point, it's not acceptable because Indiana's not winning. It's costing games. They've got all the pieces. They've got all of the elements of a great team. Mm -hmm. Minus maybe they need like a stronger veteran no diss to Eric Wheeler, because I do enjoy watching Eric Wheeler, but I think they need a point guard that has a little bit more leadership savvy mm-hmm. um, and is more of a facilitator on the floor. More of a floor, um, for sure. Yeah, and so, but other than that, I think Eric Wheeler is a great point guard, and I think that they have all of the pieces of a great team. But there's there's no chemistry. They're fighting. It's almost like they're not not
1: a Boston, not Boston. But it just seems like they're fighting against, like you said, the ego, and it's not going to be one player winning the game. That's just not how you guys are gonna play. But you do need your your number one draft pick to get more than 8 to 10 touches, if, like, her field goal percentage is 70%, like, it's not hard, y'all. It really isn't. And it almost seems like they're self-sabotaging at this point because you're afraid that this rookie is going to outshine you. Freaking Aliyah Boston is 6'5" give she give her the ball hello like what is wrong (laughs) how big does she have to be like how open does she have to make herself like I get it they throw two to sometimes three players at her okay then that's when you decide to take the ball into your own hands and like try to make something happen because your behind is open you ought to make something happen but when crap is hard you don't and, like, it's almost like they, instead of swinging the ball, let's just drive into traffic and try to kick it out. Oh, can't kick it out now. Everybody's figured out where the defense is moved. Because there's other defensive play, uh, teams that understand how you guys play. It's silly. And they think it's funny. I mean, like, I hate to say it like that. But it's just, it's making me angry because they could, their record could be so much better. They could be, they can be like the Cinderella team of, like, a, mostly young players just killing the game showing like oh the records
0: should be better because they're losing by less than 10 points majority of the games that they game
1: they can't they can't close it out and it's just like it's not like y'all aren't there like it's not like you don't have like you said they it's not like they don't have the talent they have everything they need they're literally fighting themselves they're fighting their own egos and they're fighting their own play their own teammates at this point Aaliyah Boston, I we can't stress enough, is the most sweetest, gentle giant I've ever witnessed playing the game. Humble, a sponge, extremely high IQ, and very adaptable. So, if she needs to adjust she'll figure it out and if she can't figure it out her coaches will tell her maybe not her teammates because they're too busy trying to get theirs and it's just like you don't win championships by trying to be the freaking win the 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 savior because I'm sorry none of y'all got it like that you if you if you get some of that pressure off of you if you just trust your teammate no matter what year they are in the league no matter how many stats they are no matter what all-star position or you know you know time they're gonna get just play the game together and you'll see the difference because go back to all of those games y'all freaking won there has to be something that you noticed that was consistent I'm pretty sure Leah Boston got mad touches on those games. You know what I mean? Like Nelissa Smith, excellent player. Freaking Erica Wheeler, excellent pe- player. Kelsey Mitchell, excellent player. But when you're all trying to play your own game by by yourselves, this is not 21. This is not a pickup game. Like y'all have to play together. That's the only way y'all are gonna survive and and possibly make it to playoffs. But I mean. It's, it's getting disgusting at this point. I mean, I know we, we saw on Twitter that uh, some people had pointed out and Alyssa Smith literally looking at Aaliyah Boston calling for the ball and completely looking the other way. That is unacceptable. That should be means for fine, like within the team. Coach, if you see that coach, get her out the game stat because there's no need for that. You want to win games, then put the players in that's going to play like they want to win games. Period. That's all I got to say, because that pissed me off all over again.
0: (laughs) And that's not the first time. I mean, that was the first time I that it had been called out to that degree on Twitter. But that's not the first time that I've seen Aaliyah Boston get frustrated because she's calling for the ball and no one is paying attention to her. Um, And this is this is your franchise player. This is the person that hopefully 10, 15 years down the line, this team will be built around her. Um, and she will she uh, like to think that she, <laughs> we would love to think that, you know, she would have like a nice long career because she's that kind of player that you can build a solid team and you can win championship after championship after championship with a player like Analia Boston. And so it is really disheartening to see that people are letting their own egos get in the way so that they can shine and they can be the hero because it's not a hero game. You know, everybody has a role to play. And it's frustrating that you have veterans that don't understand that. You know, you have veterans on the team that don't understand that they are here to be leaders, not to be floor bullies, you know? Um Work with your teammates, man. It's beyond frustrating at this point. And some of y'all know, you know, those that really get me to talking about WNBA know that two seasons ago, I began my charge to free Alicia Gray from Dallas. We talked about this a few episodes ago. But... I really don't want to have to uh lead that charge once again to say free Aaliyah out of Indiana. It's a little it's a little premature. You know, she only been there 10 weeks. We've been on the air ten weeks, she's been there ten weeks. So I, I don't wanna, you know, start nothing too soon, but I'm I'm ready to lead the charge to free another player. Girl, <laughs> so, I'll be right there beside
1: you, girl. <laughs> so, beside
0: but you, I don't friend. I don't want that for her. Like I want like Indiana has struggled uh, with a capital struggled mm. to find an identity after the retirement of Tamika Catchings in 2016 because she was also a franchise player um, and funny enough she came into her rookie season with an injury she didn't even play as a rookie so her sophomore season was actually her rookie season but she was that much of a talent that they were able to build a team around her that made it to the finals three times um and so and she ended up winning a ring you know in 2012 she's five-time defensive player of the year she's Like, done so much. In high school, she was the only person to get a quadruple-double. Like, Mm -hmm. who does that, Tamika Catchings? She's just one of those players, you know? And she has developed a great relationship with Aaliyah Boston because even the legend Hall of Famer Tamika Catchings knows that Aaliyah Boston is a franchise player. So I need these other players to just put their egos... To the side and work as a team because it is so disheartening year after year to see Indiana just struggle and struggle and struggle. Because, I mean, it happens. Like you lose your best player on a team and things just fall apart. You know, it's a part of life, it's a part of the game. But part of regrowth is. Making adjustments is understanding your players is understanding your teammates, understanding your coaches and making the necessary adjustments. I mean, the aces did not become the aces overnight. Seattle did not become Seattle overnight. And now Seattle is back, you know, where they were, what? Eight years ago where they were trying to rebuild and then they won two rings and then now they're back where they're back at square one basically again where they have to rebuild again. You know, you don't become a superstar team overnight. It takes work, it takes dedication, it takes adjustments, but it takes everybody it takes the right
1: players coming together.
0: It takes the right players. And even in those right players, you can be a right player, but you have to know your role on the team. Not everybody can be a superstar.
1: No. It's playing your role. Alicia Clark, the best, I think the best player in the league as far as knowing her role and how to play her part. Especially when she has the top bun. Cut it out, Alicia. We love the top bun. It works. (laughs) Stop it. What is this low ponytail? Okay, I had to just bring down the... (laughs) I had to bring in some light because... (laughs) but honestly seriously please y'all don't have don't have alia boston trying to jump ship and find another team where like she can at least get the ball you know what i mean like play with her teammates and have fun because you know she's she's going to bring that wonderful beautiful personality don't make her this hard player that's like okay, well, whatever team I go to next, i am got to make sure that, like, when I get the ball, i got to make it happen either time. Like, you know, I'll call for the... Like, you don't want to make her this angry player because she knows that people just don't want her to shine. And, like, that's so weird. And I'm sorry I'm going to bring it black, back to Black. Like, I always go back to Black. Call me Amy Winehouse, okay? Because, <laughs> listen... I don't see how most of your teammates are black, other black players, players of color. And y'all aren't trying to big up on each other, like trying to lift each other up to make the other one, like, look, like when the, the minute you make somebody else look good, you're going to automatically make yourself look good. That is literally pretty much the definition of a daggone point guard. Like, you know, like the point guards are supposed to exploit all of your strengths You know what I mean? So Erica, if you're such a vet, seven years in the Dagon League, exploit your team's strengths because your team is stacked and we're going to keep talking about it because I don't think they understand it. I pray that they can listen to the Dagon episode and know that we, I'm rooting for y'all, honestly. Like, we're rooting for you. We want to see y'all succeed. And yes, there is a little bias on my side of William Boston, (laughs) but for the right reason, like Let's not forget, y'all won the the WNBA number one draft pick. Like I keep having to go back to that, but it's just like, do you know what that means? It means play that kid. That kid is 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 in like in the running to be like you said the rookie of the year. But if y'all not giving her touches to let her show her talents, how is she going to rise to that occasion? If y'all not even giving her the opportunity, it's like they gave her opportunity it was like psych, you know? <laughs> like it doesn't make any sense. And If you don't want her to be the star, then at least play in a way that you can make all of y'all look good. So they can't just point out, oh, Aaliyah Boston's the one. Like, make it so y'all are playing so well meshed together. The chemistry is so unmatched that, like, they can't even pinpoint, oh, it was Aaliyah. Oh, was it because all of y'all are balling up and balling out? Like, we know you can. So play like that, but play like that together. That's all we're asking. Not that hard. Please, just do it. i <laughs> a Boston play. Like, God in heaven. That's why she came here. She could have stayed in Daggon, South Carolina if y'all was going to do this nonsense. It's terrible. Get it together.
0: Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> well, <laughs> another team that is struggling with little bit of an ego is the Dallas Wings.
1: You don't and say. You don't say. <sighs>
0: I do say because they have a lovely player there by the name of Arike Agumbawale. Okay. And uh you know we've had some our uh, we've had some great accolades to give Arique and we've had some uh constructive criticism for Arike. Um, I'm really struggling with where she fits in Dallas. Hmm. Dallas has obviously gone big. And I think my perception, you can share, you know, your thoughts on my perception, but my perception is that Arike think or would like to be the center of the team. Hmm. And she plays as if she's the center of the team. She even one time in uh, an interview said, well, they, they know I'm going to shoot, so I'm just going to shoot. Consistency aside, like, you give me the ball, I'm going to shoot it. You know, and uh, she drew some criticism a few days ago. Um, when they lost to the Las Vegas Aces on July fifth, when she stormed off the court and did not shake hands with the uh, opposing team, yeah, um, it happens. You know, feelings are all up in the air and everything, and and she had every right to be upset. I mean, her team was up by as much as fourteen in the first half and ended up losing by seven. You have every right to be upset, um. I think that I question her shot selection a lot of the time. <laughs> I question her ability to not want to be the leader all the time. Mm. Um, I don't know that Dallas has a true leader, but it's not Enrique. Um, go ahead. I think that
1: Okay, and correct me if I'm wrong. I think that yeah, that game she was pissed is clear. There was no if fans or buts about it. Um, but it's also kind of like you can't win. Like, are you expecting to win the game winning like to to hit the game winning shot every game? Like that's close. I, I get that's your track record. I get that that's like what you're known for. But this is the big leaves, baby like you're not gonna do that every time and yes your coach and your teammates might trust you to do that and that's an exceptional you know kind of trust it's very it's huge it's literally trusting you to end the game with like a win because they know if it's in your hands and it's you to take that last shot to to close the game out on top they want it in your hands that's awesome I mean, it came down to that this this game, um, you know, uh, Friday evening and it didn't go to her. And I thought that was interesting. Now, I don't know if if coach had it like, you know, drawn up that way. But it seemed like I was like, you know, I was talking to Sam. Sam and I were talking going back and forth like it's it's either going to Enrique or she's going to be used as a decoy and they're going to give it to somebody else. I mean, you have great picks. You have Satu Sabali. You have uh, Natasha Howard. And Dangerfield has been playing really great these last couple of games especially, uh, against the Aces. So um, I was like, it really could have been anybody. It seemed like it was Sabali. It kind of still didn't feel like it was what was written out, like what was drawn up. But it was probably just like you had mentioned, Sam, that it was probably just whoever – open it did seem kind of rushed but I mean let's be real the time was running out anyway so my thing is this I think that Arike even the commentators had pointed out that she's been uh passing a little bit more um I feel like she has been attempting to do that she has she was on another level on defense uh, this game uh this most recent game against the aces and I think that was partially why they ended up losing because the defense was just on another level, and the Aces just could not keep cracking it. They couldn't keep going because every answer, the the wings were getting stops. They were forcing turnovers. I think uh, the Aces had 17 turnovers that, uh, that game Friday. So, uh, Saturday, Friday, Friday. So, like, it just doesn't – it's kind of like, okay, well, Enrique is doing other things than just shooting now. And maybe that's what needed to happen. So I'm excited to see her moving forward because ego, yes, absolutely there, for sure. Because just like somebody else we're going to talk about a little later, that's, you know, first name Sabrina. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I think that she's been coined like this savior of games, you know, like this person that can... Turn a game around by just turning up. And I think some games, no offense, she falls short of that. And that's been happening more often than not. And she's still going to be putting up some shots. She's still going to be driving to the basket. She's still going to, you know, like she's not going to change her style of play. And I was like, okay, the only thing that does need to change is her doing more of something else. But we already know she's going to shoot a lot. We already know she's going to drive and kick, possibly, or drive and take you know, the shot, take the, the contact, and, and hopefully get on the line. We know what she's capable of. We know she's probably going to read a pass, anticipate it, and try to get that still. We know she'll work a little hard on the wing. What else are you going to do? What we needed from you? For we needed from Enrique was her assists to go up. And I think she's starting to realize that. I think she's now starting to, like, find her players. And really, she's okay with sharing the, the limelight. And I think once she really, like, commits to that, I think that's when the Wings, like you said, they're going to be a huge problem. Because now you have McCowan, who's a big down low. We need big and, like, a strong big as a along with Satu, who's like, agile, athletic, and she's a big, she's so good. And she's so young, too. So like, I love that. And I think Dangerfield, if she continues to play on this level, like the the, her passes were going crazy. and, And she was finding great looks and her shot her little stop and pop pop mid range was going in. I think when they're all playing in tandem together. I think that's like the team is going to do great. So I think Arike, I think there's light, there's hope for her. I think she's moving in the right direction as long as she doesn't revert and go back to her trying to be the hero all the time.
0: Oh, I definitely think that there's a lot of hope for Arike. I think unfortunately her game has become somewhat predictable. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that may be a contributing factor to her field goal percentage being low i mean it's always been kind of shaky but it it may be a contributing factor you know because when people can pick your game they make it harder for you to make shots so if they know you're going to shoot if they know that that's what you aim for they're going to make every shot difficult for you you know Mm -hmm. and so her ability to like you said tap into those other basketball skills, the passing, the defense, the rebounding, like all of that is going to make her game even grander and going to make it to a point where she almost becomes like an Alyssa Thomas type player where it's like, if she's not scoring, she's rebounding. If she's not rebounding, she's assisting or she's stealing or she's blocking, like, or she's on transition. Like she's doing so many different things that, Alyssa Thomas is a player that has become almost impossible to defend because she just does, she can literally do everything on the floor. And sometimes she does it all in the same game. Like she has triple doubles. She's doing getting numbers on all the different stats, you know? And so I would love to see Arike become one of those players that taps into the other aspects of the game outside of shooting, even though she is a shooting guard there can't be so much focus on that, that we lose sight that she has the ability to be a very well-rounded player. Um, but she's never going to be the center of the team playing the way that she is. Yeah. Um, and she's young, you know, she's only been in the league four years now. So she's still in that period of like transition and learning about herself and learning the style and the Dallas roster including the coaching staff, has changed so many times within her just her four years. I believe they said this is like her third head coach in four seasons. Mm -hmm. So she has had to endure a lot of changes both in the coaching staff and the roster um, that has not helped her gain. But in knowing that they have such a strong core currently, hopefully that will encourage Arike to tap into some of those other skills and find strength in other things. Because if she can become an Alyssa Thomas and not only score, but assist, block, steal, rebound, get in transition defense, the world is her oyster.
1: Yeah. I mean – all of this clout and all of this attention that she's getting now is just going to triple, which is crazy because she's already getting that, you know? So I think that Erika, I really, I see good things for her in, in the horizon on the horizon. I, I definitely see her really evolving in the best of ways. Um, I really hope that she doesn't let her ego take over anymore um, because it is there. It's real, and like let's be real. Also, we you do have to have somewhat of an ego. You gotta have that confidence, but at the same time, you do need to make sure that you know that you have four other players on the team with you on the court at the same time. And what I in going just to the defensive side, um, the aces. I like the matchup with Jackie on Erike. I think that's a good match because a. a Jackie knows Arike because they played together in college. So it's kind of – and then also, let's not forget, Jackie's not a short guard. She stands six foot. So, like, and she's athletic and she's quick. Like, she's – you know, I think sometimes some people forget how, like, she's not your, you know, 5'8", five, 5'11", five, guard. She's six foot. So – She's out here and I think if um, Becky keeps her on her, I you know, I think that will limit her and force her to to sh- like you said, show what else she can do or force her to actually do other things. So it will just only elevate her gain. You know, put the best on the best and see what you get. But um
0: well, speaking of um, um, I, I think um, there's hope
1: for her. So let's let's put
0: that. For sure. Well, speaking of players getting attention, we have to talk about Sabrina Inescu and this NBA 2K24 cover. Oh, I have so many thoughts. Where do I even begin? First of all, let, let's start basic. I want to know who votes the player that's going to be (laughs) on the cover. And I know, like, other people on Twitter have asked this as well because it's not common knowledge. But I want to know who decides – and I don't know if it's people on the NBA side because obviously, like, WNBA players didn't start being on the cover until two covers ago. Um, So I don't know if there's, like, a committee – I don't know if there's a committee (laughs) on the NBA side or if it's like a media thing or like, I don't know. I don't know who decides, but to recap the first cover um, was two years ago. It was in 2021 for NBA 2K22 Mm -hmm. and it was Candace Parker. She was the first ever WNBA player on the cover Mm -hmm. last year in 2022 for the NBA 2K23 cover we had the duo that is Diana Tarasi and Sue Bird. And so now coming into 2023 or the 2024 cover, we now have Sabrina Ionescu. (laughs) It it
1: doesn't even
0: flow right.
1: I feel like
0: first and foremost, why not Asia?
1: Why, Why not, not Chelsea Gray? Gray?
0: Why not <laughs> the whole... They Just put the Las Vegas Aces on there. <laughs> but, but, but for real, for real. <laughs> like, when we're talking about players that deserve this level of of notoriety, let, let's make the distinction that this is not an award. This is more of an honor. Like it's right. a league honor. Um. Because when you're put on the cover of the NBA 2K, you are being promoted as a face, if not the face of the league at that time. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, obviously it changes from year to year based off of who's winning, who's losing, who's in, who's out. Um, But you are essentially dubbed the face of the league for that period. Um, So when we're thinking face of the league, I mean, uh, for me, it's a no brainer that Candace, I'm sorry, that Chelsea and Asia would be like right there at the top of the list. Just like two years ago when Candace moved to Chicago, duh, she's like the person that you would want, like going back to her home team winning like a contention for a championship actually winning a championship like she's someone that you want on the cover right. last year they had diana tarasi and sue bird sue bird had announced her retirement from basketball after 20 years dt we weren't sure but right. they played in yukon together and they are best friends outside of the game so it was fitting to have two people that have played in this league literally 20 years like they were 40 yeah. plus years old and still playing at the top still kicking level behind. Still kicking kicking behind. you know so it was fitting for them at that time you know wanting to honor sue and her retirement potentially honoring diana because we weren't sure at the time if she was going to retire too but not as a pity like we're honoring you but we still know that y'all are like creme de la creme around here you know but, so it wasn't like a pity thing and so now we shift over and i'm thinking okay asia wilson like let's just think of a few because, no ladies, brainer. because i would be remiss to to name just a few i'm not going to try and name all because it's so many of them but we'll start with 2017 ncaa champion 2017 ncaa finals uh, most outstanding player number one draft pick in 2018. Rookie of the Year in 2018, uh, MVP in the bubble in 2020, also made it to the finals for the first time in 2020. That's five accolades already. MVP in 2022, Defensive Play of the Year in 2022, yeah. made it to the finals and got a ring in 2022. I mean, that that's just all I can think of off the top of my head. The accolades just go on and on and on and on, plus all of the things right. that she's done to grow the world of players and endorsements and all of the amazing things that she did for the players Mm -hmm. in the bubble with her endorsements, She was definitely not selfish with it, but she used it as a platform to grow the exposure of the game. So when you're talking like face of the league, like I told you this earlier, Asia Wilson, I mean, she's a no brainer. She's already like a face of the league. We see her all over the place, but even still, she does not get the notoriety that even she deserves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, on the flip side, when we're talking somebody like Chelsea Gray, Chelsea Gray was somebody that has won a, a ring in 2016 with the Los Angeles Sparks. She yeah. comes over to Vegas and makes an immediate impact, gets Ooh. snubbed for the All Stars, mm-hmm. and then in the finals last year had quite possibly the most epic. Finals performance in the history of the WNBA. Like mm-hmm. classic. That's what really her point
1: god
0: and ends up being a uh, finals MVP. Now I do have a problem with the point god thing because I mean, let's be real, it was a Candace nickname that has now become an everybody nickname, and I don't like it, but I'll take it. She's the point god. She ended up being finals MVP, she showed out. And she also was commissioner's cup MVP last season as well. So when you're talking accolades, I mean not as hefty as Asia Wilson, but standing in her truth and in her own right, her, her ceiling is just constantly being elevated, elevated it's non existent at this point. She just best, dare She's I say, eat. potentially the best passer. Uh, in the game Winter right w. now and could go down on as the best passer it, of all time. Like point guards look to Chelsea Gray and say, I want to be a passer like Chelsea Gray. Her no look passes are just deadly. Oh, like I still am in awe every time I see a no look pass by Chelsea Gray. But aside from all that, so those were our two like strong picks for the cover. And then we have Sabrina. Now, this is not going to be. (laughs) I'm not going to. I'm going to try not to be shady, even though Jocelyn says that I am shady sometimes. I'm going to try and and keep it cute. I'm going to try and keep it cute. (laughs) I know PC over here. (laughs) But, I mean, if we're being honest, 2020, when she was drafted, she was in the bubble and hardly played because she was injured. So there was no rookie of the year for her. It just wasn't happening. You know, 2021, she comes back from injury. 22, she's still working her way back. Now we're in 23, and she's now got this seemingly all-star team around her. You know, she's got John Jones, former MVP. She's got Brianna Stewart two times two-time champion and former MVP. She's got Courtney VanderSloot, also one of the best point guards in the game right now and a WNBA champion. But Naja Laney, who has found a true home mm-hmm. in, in New York after bouncing around and getting waved a few times and dealing with injuries. She has found a team that has worked for her and she is great in New York. They also have some great people on the bench, too many to name, but just to name a few: Steph Dolson, who's also a champion; Epiphany Prince, who's played with New York before, but also played with Seattle during their, you know, championship tenure. So she's familiar with playing with champions. Um, so they and Sandy Rondello, who is a head coach that has won a championship with Phoenix, with the likes of Brittany Griner and Diana Taurasi. Mm-hmm. And Penny Taylor, you know, so we've got an all star cast around here. Is yeah. Sabrina Yonescu, in knowing all of that, is Sabrina Yonescu worthy of being on the cover? No,
1: I'm sorry. She wouldn't have been like close to the last person I would have thought. And, and again, no shade to her. She's a good player, you know, I can't stress that enough. But it's kind of like, have you noticed how there's so many other great players that makes more sense? And I'm, it just seems like the media, like you said, who is choosing who gets on the cover? Is it her people? Like, is it her agent? Like I don't know who it is. That's like maybe no, no, I won't say that because that would have been really mean. But I'll say, do they have friends at the top in high places where you know they're like, oh, have you thought about Sabrina on the cover? Have you thought it just doesn't make sense because like I said before, going back to the, if we're gonna do the race thing. You got to be everything, everywhere, all at once to get on that cover. And, like, Candace was everything, everywhere, all at once. And it only made sense for her to be the first. And, you know, you have Diana Taurasi again and, and Sue Bird. They've literally been in the deck
0: <laughs> league for almost Almost since it was formed. <laughs> almost since it
1: was formed. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, look at, like the precedence before you. Like, I mean, if any like Sabrina should feel honored. And if anything, this should make her be a gracious grace gracious person because like to see who came before you and for you to then be the next is kinda of like, holy crap, how did that happen? Because I'm makes me sad that like it, it really makes me sad that all of these other amazing players are being snubbed and not giving the notoriety that they so deserve on this high level when like, like there's this person that's not as consistent as they are and if you want to put the numbers up against each other it looks mediocre compared to the rest so It's kind of getting down to like, what are you, what are you trying to say media? Like, what are you, what kind of image or what kind of story are you trying to push? Because we don't see it. And it seems like you're trying to make something like happen or make something a reality that's not even there. Like, I don't even think the players, like, I don't even think Sabrina is aware of what's going on. She's going to name drop. She's going to name drop Kobe. She's going to talk about... Which DG. we're going to get to. It's just kind of like, at the end of the day, what else is there? Let's talk about your game and, and what you're currently doing now.
0: She don't want Does people it, to talk about her game because her game is inconsistent. There, I said it.
1: I mean, again, when you ha- when she has great games, they're great games. Don't get me wrong. And she's a great player, but it's not consistent. And we need, I want to see the people who are consistent, get their, you know, respect. And it's just not happening with that cover. I, it, it really blew my mind. I was surprised. I thought it was like airbrushed or like Photoshopped or something. It didn't make any sense.
0: Well, I think the reality is, Sabrina is the type of player, at least now, that needs people around her in order to showcase her greatness. Um, We saw it a couple years ago when they had her in the point guard position and she didn't know what she was doing. She's not a true point guard, but they ended up bringing in Crystal Dangerfield uh, on a hardship contract. And I mean, at five, five, you have no choice, but to be the point guard. And which forced. Look, I'm shorter than five, five, okay? <laughs> but you have no choice but to be the point guard. You ain't being yeah, nothing fast. else. Yeah, yeah. And so she came in as a point guard, which meant Sabrina got bumped. And Sabrina's game instantly accelerated, you know, because she had someone that could facilitate her game. And that's exactly what she needs. So it's not a knock to her, but I think that she thinks she's that girl and she's not that girl. And that's okay, but you're not that girl. And honestly, if I was Brianna Stewart, I would feel a little shaded because if you're looking for someone from the New York Liberty, how about not the player that is the only reason that the New York Liberty are even as good as they are? Because as good as those other players are, Brianna Stewart is over here scoring 40 points. How about the like it's not, it's not it's not evenly spread out? So if we're talking just the best player on the Liberty, not even the best player in the league, but the best best player on the New York Liberty, I would feel Sweet. shaded if I was Brianna Stewart because yeah. I mean, come on. Former MVP, two time uh champion. what what, this is not even a conversation right now like Olympian four-time NCAA champion four-time NCAA most outstanding player in the final four like what this is not a conversation what what are we even doing you know but I think that I think the bigger issue is that the league is willing to settle for mediocrity for the sake of perpetuating this racist culture and when I say mediocre or mediocrity, I have to say it in context because, I mean, Sabrina Ionescu plays in the WNBA. She is by no means a mediocre player. She is one of 144. She is playing amongst the best of the best because she is among the best of the best. Right. But she is on a starting side and she ain't one, two, three or four. And once again, this is not shade. This is just my observation. She is not one, two, three, or four. And so I'm so sick of the league continuing to perpetuate this idea that we need a great white hope to propel the league forward when the league is, what, 80% Black? Mm -hmm. Like, no, this is not acceptable. And so... To go even further, you know, Sabrina talks about you know being a voice for the voiceless and being an ally to the Black community. But what has she done with her platform to elevate Black voices?
1: Besides talking about Kobe and Gigi,
0: isn't that? We'll get to that. We'll get, girl. We will get to that. But I remember early before the season started, you know, everyone is going out and wanting to get their jerseys and t-shirts and stuff because they know like the season's coming. I got tickets. Like I need to get my latest Jersey, my, my t-shirts, all that good stuff. And right. so somebody tweeted um, a picture. They went into like a sporting goods store, like a Foot Locker or a Dix or something like that. And in the store in Vegas, there was a mannequin in the in, in the basketball section. There was a mannequin with a jersey on and the jersey was a Sabrina Ionescu jersey. Mm-hmm. In Vegas, after they had won the championship, the first professional sports team to win ever. a championship in Las Vegas ever. ever, ever. And so the question, you know, that was posed with that picture was why is there not like an Asia Wilson jersey? Or, you know, why is there a Sabrina Unescu jersey in Vegas? Like go to New York, why is it here in Vegas? And she decided to put her little fingers on Twitter and respond, cause it's cute. Mm. Now what's and not cute is-, is that tweet.
1: Right. This is when you get the
0: power
1: of your side, But
0: you open your mouth to throw Kobe and Gigi's name out there as if they're your best friends, but you have built your notoriety off the back of this black man. Because let's be real, Kobe, he showed up at some games, but he was not a true advocate for the WNBA until his daughter decided that she wanted to play basketball and her dream was to play for UConn and then eventually go into the WNBA. Um, So let's not act like, so let's not act like Kobe is like gospel around here. Like Kobe wanted to retire and wanted to ride off into the sunset. He had four daughters and was like, I'm just going to be chilling and be like dad at home, taking my kids to school and and taking them to their practices and stuff. And then when Gigi said, I want to play basketball, I want to play at UConn. That is my dream. And I want to eventually play in the WNBA. That is when you saw him start to pay more attention to the WNBA. You saw him being more of a voice, not because he chose to, but because his daughter his boy, was, was one day, hopefully going to be one of those 144 women. Mm-hmm. And so, but let's not forget that she has now, she Sabrina has now built part of her fame, Most of her fame, off the back of this black man. Who was not really a true advocate for the league in the first place. She didn't
1: even go to UConn either. Like,
0: (laughs) So I am beyond frustrated with that because you cannot sit here and deny your privilege anymore. And the league has to be very careful who they choose to represent the league because the league doesn't have as much access and does not have as many voices speaking positively about it. As much as we speak positively about the league, even in our criticisms, we are lovers of the game. We are fanatics um, of the league. And as much as we talk positive about it, you would be disgusted to see the negative comments from trolls on social media that still say, sexist misogynistic racist things about the women's game and so the league has to be very careful of who they choose to be representatives of this league because you only get one chance like we don't have the type of access that the NBA does we just don't you know and so you have to be very careful about what images you are putting out there because yeah while it is a cover and it's not like an official accolade like you are silently but not so silently claiming that she is the face of the league right now Mm -hmm. and i could name about 10 guards just guards (laughs) that are better than her yeah and of the 10 of them eight of them are black but it goes back to the 80% of the league being Black. Yeah.
1: And it's it's just like we talked about. It's what the story, it's the story that they want to portray. It's who they want to to be the spokesperson of the league. And honestly, in some cases they give, I, I think they could give, you know, to you know what I'm trying to say <laughs> about who it is as long as they look a little like who they want that person to look like, you know, they don't want the face to be an Asia Wilson. They don't want the face for real to be a Chelsea gray. They don't. And it's still crazy that they didn't go for Stewie. Like, again, if you want to go New York, why not Stewie? It's pretty much like the Cinderella story because everybody loves in the media, Yukon, Okay, we got a UConn alum who went into the to the uh, WNBA and became a whole star, which everybody kind of knew and projected for. The way that her her just skill set and her skill level had started to like completely just increase towards her end, end of her year collegiate year because she wasn't even like the greatest even in college, but her skill set just like like just completely like the trajectory it was just so upward and it was a transformation and she was a true professional and truly amazing and you can't take that away from stewie again you're talking about a player that dropped 43 points on her own like did sabrina do that yet no. don't think so like it's just kind of like stop pushing this narrative if you really want it so bad to be a, a a white player you had other people to choose from you know and it's just <laughs> like what what kind of what kind of like narrative are you trying to to give to us you know what i mean like it and even like you were talking about we were talking about offline her interactions with fans aren't even all that positive either
0: so she does not have a good rep on a Twitter. I'll just say that the fans are not um, <laughs> too pleased with her. Listen,
1: I've gotten into Twitter streets finally. You know, I'm a little, I'm, a, I'm, I'm finding my way around. And yeah, they're not, they're not talking too highly. And, and I, and a lot of it is attitude. And you know how I feel about attitude. You can be a great player, but when your attitude, for me, in my opinion, is trash. I think you're trash honestly. It's only a matter of time before like somebody else shows you up because it just doesn't fly, you know? And I think that with her I hope she finds a way to to you know stand up to the hype because I don't see it right now. And again, it's not saying like you said, it's not saying you're playing in the WNBA. It's the most elite, you know, women's basketball league. Period, but at the same time, there's so many other great players, and it's wild. Like, don't get me again, don't get me wrong. If I was that they were like, Oh, Jocelyn, you're gonna be on the face, I'm like, That's crazy, but okay, Charlotte, you're not gonna say <laughs> no. I don't, I would like to pass it over to my teammate here because she deserves it more than me. Hell no, sorry, let's be real, like, absolutely not, right? But at the same time, it's like, Girl, like, okay, maybe start changing like cleaning up your image you know because clearly people want you to be here so like actually start to show that you do belong there because right now it doesn't look like that
0: yeah well in talking about egos you know i think that in order for her to find success in this league and consistency in this league I think she has to accept that she's not the superstar of the team. Mm -hmm. And that can be a, I could imagine that being a very hard thing to accept coming from, you know, she came from Oregon. Oregon. She was, you know, one of the top players, if not promoted as the top player in the NCAA Uh, at the time. It was the, you know, and and was a number one draft pick. Like, all of the things, you know, so people had high hopes for her, you know, and when she wasn't performing the way people had anticipated her performing, that was her chance to kind of fall back a little bit, learn, grow, establish yourself, strengthen your strengths and your weaknesses, and be ready to go, you know, but she didn't do that. She continued to push, 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 push. But instead, she's pushing people away, you know, because she's so insistent on being the superstar. And now she doesn't, she doesn't have to be the superstar. And so by default, she's not, you know, she's got greatness around her already. And so I think that in order for her to find success in this league, she almost has to do like what we suggested Arike do and find what works for you and do that. Mm -hmm. You know, you have been put in the shooting card position be a shooting guard, like shoot the ball and shoot it with accuracy and consistency. Mm -hmm. Work on that, work on your spacing, work on getting open, work on being available. So then when Courtney VanderSloot is ready to kick the ball to you, you can take it and shoot it. Like you can drain it, like do that. And then once you can do that comfortably, once the other players around you see how you're maneuvering and can work with you, then you can start incorporating other things into your game. But she's doing too much because she's playing this, like, hero role, and it's just not all her all role. For self. It's not. It's not.
1: It's all for self. It's all for self. And, like, you know, like, I like to I, – I enjoy watching players, you know, big up another one if they got an assist or, you know, like somebody knocked down the shot. Like, I love that. I don't see a lot of that with her. I don't, I don't see a lot of that mm-hmm. with her at all with her teammates. It, and if it happens, I feel like it's few and far between, even like I noticed with the game on uh, the recent game that the wings beat the aces. Um, when I think Natasha Howard had shot like some nasty shot, she made it. And like, like going into immediate timeout, like they had their own little handshake, Arike, um, and, and Natasha Howard and I'm like I love that I love to see that camaraderie y'all are bigging up each other it's that's when you know it's more than just self it's more than just ego that's when you know oh we're playing like a team or at least a dynamic duo <laughs> you know there's more than just <laughs> self there, you know what I mean like and that's what's needed I think that's the element that Sabrina's missing because like you said you know she, a shooting guard. She's a shooting guard. She's an excellent shooting guard when she's put I mean, when she's like set up properly and all of that. Strengthening that ability, strengthening those skills, and then also incorporating more things to her game. That's going to make her this standout, exceptional player. Like I mean, honestly, let's look at the trajectory of all these other first round draft pick, you know, number one draft picks. It's like you know a pretty clear. Above and beyond uh, sort of like career they're having, I'm not seeing that with her. Uh Oh, are we paused? Okay, yeah, but she's not there. So like, I'm just, I'm waiting, I'm waiting like anxiously to be like girl when are you going to show all of this you know that we saw we're, we're still looking at highlight reels from college we're not in college anymore let's bring it to the present and like let's see how you evolve because what's I don't even know what year it is now she is in the WNBA what you know what year it is
0: I believe this is year 4 for for four? okay
1: I mean now you're you're literally you're you're knocking on vet you're knocking on vet door, right? You know, so Yeah, like, your
0: rookie contract is about to be up. What are we doing?
1: Not no rookie no more, Rook. Like so <laughs> what what's your about what are you trying to show us? You know, we have to see that evolution because I'm not seeing it yet. I'm really not.
0: Yeah, well I mean she definitely has a lot of potential as we have established And I hope that moving forward, you know, she'll continue to grow and not be stunted by her ego or by all of the hype that she's getting. And instead, you know, put your head down and and buckle in. You know, it's, it's a journey. You know, I think that that's the one thing that every veteran player has said that looking back, you know, you have to enjoy the journey, but you also have to grind in the journey. You know, it's right. it's always going, it never stops. And the league is always changing. Things are always happening and you have to be adaptable. And the way you were last season may not be the way that you have to play this season. It's roster changes, it's coaching changes, it's GM changes. Like it's so many different dynamics going on and you have to be able to adjust your game. And like you said, she's not in college anymore so those college stats only hold up if you're continuing to produce at that level you know in the WNBA which is why we can get away with saying Asia Wilson wasn't 2017 NCAA champion because she's done what what did we list at least seven other things that she's done since then and that's just off the top you know that's not going to her Wikipedia page or whatever and reading line (laughs) by line. That's just the things that I could think of, you know? Mm
1: -hmm. Um, So, Mm
0: -hmm. you know, same thing with Brianna Stewart. Like we can say she was a four-time champion, you know, in NCAA because she has done great things since then. Mm -hmm. And she's going to have to step her game up.
1: Transferred. Like that's the thing. Where's this transferability? It's all these other great players, again, these number one, like, draft picks, they have contributed in a big way on this higher next level of this pro league. haven't really seen that same transition for Sabrina yet. I hope it happens, you know? Like, and maybe she feels the pressure. Maybe all this is a facade to, like, keep the haters at bay or like to keep her anxiety levels low and like who knows like who knows what really is going on in her head but i really want her to break down that wall and really like start to like show that you have evolved as a player and you're only going to get better and that's really what we're looking to see because you got the on cover girl what you gonna
0: do with it right Well, to close out this episode, we, of course, want to highlight some people that are doing it right in the league, because (laughs) for all of the people that need some improvement, there are some people out here that are actively improving, actively growing, and so we want to continue to highlight those people. So my breakout star for the week is Lexi Hull, and... Lexi Hull got a lot of criticism earlier on in the season because while she was great on defense, she was not really doing too great on offense. Um, Offense is not really her game. She is a, you know, defensive stopper, but, you know, we know that to be successful in the WNBA, you got to be able to do it all, you know? And so um, she was the sixth pick in the 2022 draft out of Stanford. She is an NCAA champion um, in <laughs> 2021. Yeah. And she came into this season really struggling, like I said, offensively. She was great defensively. But we've talked about Indiana so much and how their offense needs a lot of help. And at the end of the day, they need people to score. Because right. when you have all these different egos going on, you just need people that are going to score, you yeah. know. And so um, she was really struggling with that. She had a couple games where she, you know, only scored one or two points and then a couple games where she had no points, you know. And she drew some criticism, some very hateful criticism. Yeah, it was bad. Um but she drew some criticism and, you know, the WNBA Twitter community came to her defense and let them know, no, 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 you're not going to try and bash our Miss Lexi Hull, our number six pig. Absolutely not, you know, because she's young. This is only her second year and she's lured with the struggling Indiana fever. <laughs> So we we got to give grace, you know, we got to give a lot of grace. But, you know, one of the things that was noted was that in order for them to elevate, they needed Lexi Holt to have some offense, you know, and she took that to heart. You know, she recognized that she needed to shoot the ball more. She needed to get more touches and she needed to be more effective offensively. Um, she's only averaging five points and five field goal attempts, but these last two games have really shown that she is putting in the work and she is pushing past that initial, I guess, struggle that she was having in the beginning of the season. Um, so on July 5th, she had eight points on six attempts and on, July 8th, she had a whopping 20 points mm-hmm. on eleven attempts. Mm-hmm. So when we're talking dynamic duo, I mean, can we potentially see a dynamic duo in Aliyah Boston and Lexi Hall? I know a lot of times the league favors that whole high-low, like center and point guard mm-hmm. or center mm-hmm. and shooting guard kind of uh dynamic, but can we see a dynamic duo with these two? Can these two kind of be like a modern day NECA and Candice a la LA? I don't know. I think it could happen. I think Lexi Hall has a lot of grit. She has a lot of determination. She has a ton of hustle. Oh yeah. And she's going and, and, and she's definitely not egocentric. Like she's one of those players that's got her tail between her legs She's got her head down and she's like, I'm just going to get to work. Like, I'm not about all the hoopla. Like I'm here for the team. I'm here to keep my roster spot. So whatever you need from me, I'm going to do. You I'll need do more it. offense, you're going to get more offense. Mm-hmm. And so I have to give kudos to her because she really dug deep. And these last couple games has really been showing out.
1: Yeah. I mean, and it's tough when you you have like the media kind of ripping you apart, you know, And to still rise above that and to still show up and find ways to do that. And let's be honest, too. I know it's hard, even with the constructive feedback that we give. You know, I know it's hard because we're not the only ones talking about this one person. So when you're on a big stage and you have like this magnifying glass on you, It it is tough, and we have to take into consideration that, like, what that could do for the psyche, due to the psyche, what that can ultimately do to your game. So, you know, the way that she's kind of pulled herself together and, and made sure that, like you said, she just put her head down and did what she needed to do, like what was being asked of her and, like, performing, I love how she rose to the occasion. That's a great pick. You know, give people... Give grace to some folks, you know, like I think even in our constructive criticism, we get to that point. We get to that constructive feedback because we've seen the consistent inconsistency or like the consistent like things that they're doing wrong. That's the consistency that they have going on and not not enough of what they're doing right. So with Lexi, I'm so happy that she's figured it out. And she continues to. Because she's a great player and um think and she's young, so there's more room for growth there. And I, I think that's a, a great pick. So I'm just gonna throw and go into mine. She's not so much of a of a, a breakout because she is a star. And I, I talked about her briefly earlier, but I think Jackie Young, it would be remiss to not just highlight Jackie Young. She's not a breakout star. We know she's a freaking star, but for the most part, she broke out to mostly everybody last season. And, um, you know, she was, I forget this, she was a 2019 number one draft pick overall, round one, number one. And I was like, oh, snap, that was over bestie, or not I want to say bestie, but teammate Enrique, you know, Enrique mm. went fifth. So I was like, okay, Jackie. Again, she's so quiet. Like, she's like this quiet assassin, super humble. Like, if you want to see a masterclass at, like, somebody quiet but lethal, that's Jackie Young. That And, like, again, I say number zero is no testament to the caliber of this player and how she plays. I mean, zero to hero is literally, like, she's like, this is like a decoy. It's almost like you forget Jackie's there because she's so quiet. But she's so quick too, and that's why I think because you know she's so fast. One minute she's you know you see her you, you you got her on the wing, and then she's cutting somewhere. You know she's always moving and she's active not only on offense but on defense too. She's got, she's got quick hands, which is crazy. Just like going over her stats. So for her stats currently, she's averaging 19 points, four rebounds, about three to four assists per game and only one steal which is crazy i think they need to start like uh counting like deflections more than steals because the way that she has her hands on the ball even like in the game of friday she had like so many deflections from like just kind of stopping the rhythm of the other team's offense and i absolutely love that i love defensive players i I just because I think defense really wins games, because if you get stops, if you're not having a good shooting night, best believe you're going to figure out how to to make a daggone layup. You're going to make one of them things, you know, like and that's what really gets your team going. A lot of times when you can when you can interrupt a, a team's rhythm that gives you so much more stamina that raises morale and that gives you like this hope and faith, like, Oh, we got this. Like they can't even score on us right now. You know, I think she brings a lot of that to the aces along with scoring 19 points. Averaging 19 is crazy to me, you know, and yes, she should be an all-star, but let's kind of like even run down. Like one of the reasons why I love Jackie and going back to again she's tall like she's so tall she's tall for a guard she's tough so that means she's also hard to guard because not every guard is going to be six feet you know you got the bonner and all that yeah like the Bonner also like an, an anomaly like come on but like she she is super tall i mean also going against the wings Enrique is not that tall i think Enrique is what five eight She's like five eight, even she's she's not five ten. She's either five ten or five eight or five ten. And then you got you have Crystal Dangerfield that's five five. I love listening to it for the shorties. But anyway, like <laughs> there's no there's, it's hard matchups a lot of times. You know what I mean? Like sometimes I, I see her matched up sometimes with like you know, small forwards because she's so tall and she's strong. And I think she's like got this physique that you 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 kind of like underestimate. And some people hand down, man down, Jackie can shoot the three, you know, like let's not forget her percentages like are high when she's really feeling confident. So I love Jackie. I want, even though she doesn't speak out a lot, like, you know, or speak up enough for me, like, I think that her, her play, her style of play and like, obviously her stats kind of speak wonders and everybody has to talk about her. So not really an unsung hero, but definitely a standout star. Um, and I just wanted to make sure she, we give her flowers while she's here because she's so consistent. And that's exactly what the Aces need. When she's not playing on that high level, a lot of times that's part of the puzzle piece that needs to be there in order for the Aces to to bring home a victory. So, Jackie, love you, girl. Excited to see you uh, <laughs> going to be playing the all-star game do it up because we know you can be careful because we don't need you getting hurt, but like you're a star and we all know it.
0: Yeah. I think Jackie Young is a great pick, particularly because I remember back in 2019, people questioned whether she was worthy of being the number Mm -hmm. one pick. Mm -hmm. And they also questioned whether she was a good fit for Vegas because mm-hmm. Vegas at the time had already drafted Kelsey Plum two years before and had Kayla McBride, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so they were kind of questioning like, do we need another young guard? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, what are we gonna do with her? You know, And then also, like you said, she's six feet. Like she could match up with a small forward. Like she's too tall to be a guard, but she's too short to be a small forward. So like, where does she fit? And we saw the aces struggle with where to put her on the court initially. And so I think it was a little bit of like the aces picked her because they saw the quality in her, but didn't know how to use her just yet. And then also here, you know, I'm sure it's terrible hearing the league say, you know, is she worthy of the number one pick, especially since she came out in the same year as Arike Agumba wale who was Player of the month multiple times, and then Nafisa Collier out of UConn, who was also a national champion in, in 2016, and was ended up being the rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think that the first year to two years of her career was really just about finding her spot, while Vegas was also making adjustments to their roster because they finally had a good group to work with, and it was just about where everybody was going to fit in. And so I think that the combination of, you know, patience Mm -hmm. and also playing with a little bit of a chip on her shoulder, like Jackie is quiet, but she definitely plays with the chip
1: on her shoulder.
0: And so it's been so nice to see how she has now flourished in um, Vegas and the contributions that she is able to have on the court um, and off the court, um, and just the way that she fits in so nicely to their offense and their defense, like you said.
1: Yeah, I mean she she's a WNBA champion as of 2022. Last year, she won uh, most improved player 2022. Even like going like into some of her stats, like she she finished 12th in the league in scoring, 14th in assists, 22nd in field goal percentage. Third and three point. That's crazy. Three point field goal percentage. 13 in free throw percentage. 13 in steals. And third in minutes played. So, like, all the, third and minutes played in the whole daggone league. Like, she's crazy. clearly, you know what I mean? Like, she's clearly somebody that needs to be on the floor. And clearly, that's first five, you know, status. Like, she's a starter. She's exceptional. And once she really like feels her confidence and you see her playing like feeling like she's feeling good, you see it all over the court. Cause she's literally all over the court and in all the right ways. Not like sloppy, not like it's like this controlled stamina that just keeps on going. You see you might see her breathing and stuff like that. Cause she gets hit hard. She gets hit really hard when she's like driving because she drives so hard. I'm like I like literally just stopped and watched her and I'm like holy crap she she plays with like like no breaks but finds a way to control it and like her athleticism is just top tier I I love watching Jackie and I can't wait to see her in an all-star game
0: absolutely well Joss where can they find us if they would like to continue the conversation with us well, listen. We
1: have a giveaway too. So if y'all want to be a part of the giveaways, my sophisticated spectators, y'all need to file follow us on IG at Beyond the Bleachers underscore. Like all of our posts, tag about three friends. You know, subscribe to us on all your platforms where you get, where you find your uh, your uh, podcast, and get in on this giveaway because listen the the you know, the time is getting closer and closer to picking our winner. And I know y'all want to be the winner.
0: Free 99. Yep. (laughs) Free 99. (laughs) (laughs) So get in on our giveaway. It closes on July 10th at 11.59. So if you're listening to this podcast on Monday, then go ahead and get in on the action because we have some more fun stuff coming up. And we'd love to hear from you guys, hear what topics you want to, you know, want us to discuss, things that you want to discuss with us. We're always open to the conversations. And we are on Instagram, always posting, always engaging, and letting you know all of the things.
1: All of the dish <laughs> and all of the tea. So
0: come on and follow us, please.
1: Because you know you want to hear all the things. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, that's it for today. So, Jocelyn, I'll catch you in the next one. Catch you. In the Bye. Next Bye.